This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Hey guys, I'm really looking forward to today's session. But first, I want to just say how thankful I am for the tremendous response that I've had over the last few months. I'm so thankful for every single one of you that have taken the time to listen to this podcast. We have several options. Um, You'll hear at the end of each podcast episode of ways that you can uh, support this podcast or donate to this podcast. Uh, So if you would like to become a monthly supporter, you can go to www.anchor.fm slash apostolic theory, and you can become a monthly sponsor right on that Anchor website. You can also uh, reach out to me uh, via email, that's bm underscore crooker at outlook.com. That's bm underscore c-r-o-o-k-e-r at outlook.com. Dot com. So through those, and, and, and we want to hear from you, okay? I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear what you think about the content. I want to hear how this content is impacting your life. Because that is what this podcast is all about. It's about encouraging the church. It's about empowering the church. It's about equipping the church. That is what this is all about. And that is why we're interviewing all of the ministers and the preachers and and the people that we're having on here uh, to talk about these subjects that, well, for lack of a better way to put it, they're being swept under the rug or they're just not getting, um, getting, getting the light that they need. There's a lot of things that we are doing because it's just how we've always done it. But it doesn't mean that it's the right way to do it. So the important thing is that you're hearing the content and applying it to your life individually. Which in turn helps your church, helps your family, helps your own personal walk with God. Every single one of us has asked the question, what is the will of God for my life? Or maybe you're currently asking this question now. And maybe that's why you're listening to this podcast. So this is the first part of a four-part series I'll be doing on finding or discerning the will of God in several areas of your life. In this episode, I'm going to clearly outline first what the will of God is for your life. Indefinitely. No questions asked. What the will of God is for your life. And then, I'm going to give you some ways that you can discern what to do next in your walk with God. So the big question is this. 
what is the will of God for my life? The first step is very simple. You build upon your relationship with God. That is, first, you must repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Spirit of God that dwells in man. And that is evidenced with the speaking in another tongue or in other tongues. This basic biblical plan is important because it allows you to be in relationship with a holy God. So it creates a relationship with something that was unholy. Because in our humanity, we're born in sin, and we're born under the law, we're born uh, in a fallen state of humanity, and until we have allowed ourselves or stepped outside of uh, the, the, the physical or what feels natural because we've always been sinful people, until we get outside of that and recognize that, there has to be a recognition of sin. And, and the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter if you've been in church your whole life, if you have never done this, if you're not building a relationship with God, then you're going to fall short. And when the trumpet sounds and you're standing before the throne of Jesus and he's telling you, well, yeah, you, you did this and this and this. And you, you did it in my name, but I didn't know you. That know implies an intimacy. Okay, so we've got to be intimate with God and that can only happen when we are right with God. Or in a state where God can correct us. Whom the Lord loves, he, he, chast, he chastiseth. So there's going to be times where God will correct us. And we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. We, and so you've got to have the Holy Ghost to be sensitive. Because when the Spirit of God lives inside you, you've got the ability to see things in ways you never did before. And so that is that is why uh, we read that John the Baptist is the least in the kingdom and that everybody that has the anybody now is greater than John the Baptist because we have the Holy Ghost. We have the gift of Christ living inside us, so we don't have to live by the letter of the law because the law of God is now written on our hearts. A holy God has absolutely zero tolerance for sin. And that is why it's so important that when we are approaching the throne of God, and, and we're talking to God, there has to be a place where we're constantly... Well, the Apostle Paul put it this way, I die daily. So, to me, what that means is that he was repenting daily. 
So in the Old Testament, if you went into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, and you weren't just right or you didn't do it just right, you would be struck dead and your dead body would have to be pulled out of the tabernacle. So before you tell me that this is un unimportant, I assure you that where you stand with God is paramount. So your relationship with God is going to require you looking at, taking a hard look at yourself and being willing to say, yeah, I, I really probably, I shouldn't have done that. And so you search your own heart before God ever has to take things out. But there should be a prayer in your life that is God, whatever is in me that's not like you, help me to get rid of it, remove it. And now, well, that seems a little drastic, you might say, but here's the thing. Jesus took it very seriously. He said, if your hand offends you, cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. Well, what is he saying? He's saying that if there's something in your life that is going to keep you out of heaven, so something in the temporal, something in, in, in the temporary that will cause you to lose out on eternity, you, you got to get rid of it. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your home. Get it out of your mind. And it would be important for me to say here that even if you have a thought, it does not mean that you have sinned. It's whether you act on that thought that I believe makes that a sin. For instance, if you are a married man or a married woman and you're looking at someone else, you see someone else, and, oh, well, they're attractive. What you do next determines whether or not you're sinning or whether or not the devil is trying to cause you to sin. There are some things in the natural realm that we just will not escape. And the devil tries to tempt good men and women of God through the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those three things the devil is going to use. His tactics have not changed. They are still the same. And that's how he gets us to fall. And so, when you don't, when you, if you have a thought like that, and you immediately dismiss it, no sir, not today, get behind me, Satan, boom, and you move forward. Now, there are obviously are times when you've got to put safeguards in place, or boundaries, or uh, uh, standards in your life that protect you. And the media made this big deal about Mike Pence saying, I would never, uh, if I was somewhere where there's drinking, my wife is always with me. Or 
I never meet alone with a woman without my wife with me. And I think that those are good rules or good uh, uh, guardrails to live by. And so it's important that we're protecting ourselves in all situations in our life. So, to be in relationship with God, there has got to be some action taken to move forward. And the reality is, is that the closer you get to Jesus, the smaller your circle becomes. And to be honest, your relationship with God must, not should, it must take precedence. Your relationship with God should be the most important thing in your life. I don't care if you like going out with friends. I don't care if you like going to ball games. I don't I don't care what you like doing. Nothing in your life is more important than your relationship with God. It must take precedence. It should be the most important thing to you. So when we're talking about the will of God, the first thing is to build upon your relationship with God. So after you have taken... So the Spirit draws all men. None of us came to God. God drew us. He, he called us to Himself. The Spirit draws all men. If I, if I be lifted up, then I will draw all men unto me. So God, the Spirit of God, draws men. It pricks the hearts of men and draws them to himself. So we don't, we don't, we don't, they didn't come from me. I'm not the one that saved them. I'm not the one that went to Calvary. So it is God that led them to a place of repentance. I'm simply someone that was there that helped lead them. But it had nothing to do with me. It was all timing. It was all timing, God's timing. And God's timing is perfect. He knows exactly where to place you in people's lives. Let me give you a for instance. There was a young man. Um, I was... I don't even I was going shopping f to pick something up after work for my wife. And while I was traveling to Walmart, God told me to pick up a young man I had just saw walking. And I did. I whipped my vehicle around, went back, picked him up. Asked him where he was going. Turns out he was going right to Walmart. He needed a ride, but he was walking. It was cold out. I offered him a ride, gave him a ride. Uh, on the way to Walmart, we talked. We had a conversation um, and had nothing to do with me outside of my obedience to God. And when you are willing, you're available, and you're obedient to the voice of God, he'll, he'll lead you to people that he is drawing. 
And so this conversation went really well. I've had several Bible studies with this young man since then, and he's growing. He's learning. He's reading his Bible. And uh, whenever we have a Bible study, um, he's got questions, and, and I'm answering his questions. And, and I believe God is going to do some incredible things in that young man's life. But our availability has a lot to do with other people. And God being able to use us to reach other people. So when you say, well, God, use me. You just use me, God. I just want you to use me. Hey, listen, he's going to, if you really want God to use you, he will. So when you're looking for the will of God for your life, be available. Be available for whatever God calls you to do. Sometimes, God will ask us to do things that are inconvenient to our schedules or that cause us to be late to other meetings. I like being punctual. I like to be on time. But there are times where God will tell me to do something or go somewhere and it affects my schedule. But it is important. It is imperative that you don't let anything, if you want to be used by God, there is nothing in your life that should keep you from obeying the voice of God. And so that's where a little uh, spiritual sensitivity will come in. And that's through the Holy Ghost. And sometimes that's practice. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's just allowing God... Well, to to be fair, a lot of times when God asks me to do something, I say, whoa, 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 wait a second. I, I don't want to do that. Or I don't believe I can do that. Or I don't have that ability. And then, that is usually the key to know that it's the voice of God speaking to you. Because... You're not just going to tell yourself to go do something you don't want to do. It'll be God who says, hey, I want you to give this amount of money to so-and-so or drop this amount of money off at this address or call so-and-so and let them know that you're praying for them or, or pray for them right there on the phone. It's powerful stuff, but you've got to be available. And then, so there's, we, we pray. Prayer will help you build upon your relationship with God. And when you're building upon your relationship with God, it becomes easier to discern the will of God for your life. Uh, so Romans 8 and 26, verse 26 through verse 28 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit makes the intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he searcheth the hearts. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. So when we are... Praying 
in the Spirit, so through the Holy Ghost, when we're praying through the Holy Ghost, God literally, there's just no better way to be able to fulfill the will of God than through prayer in the Holy Ghost. So if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you'll act right, you'll love right, and you'll treat others right. The Spirit makes intercession for the saints and prays through us for things that we do not know that we should pray for. So when we're praying in intercession in the Holy Ghost and in tongues, God is literally praying through you to fulfill His will. Wow. Jude 1 and verse 20 says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So well, how do you pray in the Holy Ghost? That is when you're, pray, you're praying, you're in a state of prayer and you get beyond yourself. Flesh is set aside. It's no longer about me. You're focused on God. He's the focal point. He's the focus. His will is the focus and you're praying all of a sudden, just like when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you speak in tongues. Now, this is not to be confused with the gift of tongues and interpretation. This is a completely different thing. When we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we're praying in the Spirit. We're praying as the Spirit gives us the utterance. So it's the Spirit that makes intercession through the saints for the saints. And... There are too many people who pray selfishly. I would call that a spiritual immaturity. Because prayer is not about what I can get out of it, but rather, what can I give? So when Jesus, he was praying, this is the flesh of God. And as he's praying, he says, please let this cup pass from me. And then he says, but nevertheless, let your will be done. If it's your will, let it be done. So even though he prayed for something his flesh wanted, he still said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so we should pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Not, not what I want, but what you want. Not what I need, but what you want to give me, not not what I need, but what I can give. And so when we're praying, His will be done, we remove our flesh completely from the picture. And we remove our own personal desires and own personal wants, and we allow the Holy Ghost to flow through us. And so, if you're looking for the will of God for your life, just gave you a few things. First, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because that's how you're going to get to heaven. That's the starting point. That does not mean that there, there's no further walk with God. That does not mean that your name will be written in the book of life for eternity. As long as, though, you continue to walk the walk. If you walk away from God, there are dire consequences. There are, are consequences. Because God has a zero-tolerance policy for sin. 
So we, it's imperative. Looking for the will of God, that's your first step. The next step, build upon your relationship with God through prayer, through Bible reading. When you do that, well, here's the thing. You are putting God on the throne of your heart because whatever you make time for is most important to you. If you do not have time to pray, your priorities are out of order. You are outside of the will of God. If you only pray for yourself or your own needs, you're out of order. Your priorities are out of order. And you're outside of the will of God. I'm not saying there aren't times where if you're going through a, a storm and you need God to intervene, I'm not saying that you never ask God for help in your situation. What I'm saying is in your everyday life, when you're not going through the storms and you're just struggling with your flesh and your, your, your wants and your desires, that's where the difference comes in. Okay, so please don't misunderstand. And when you're praying, you're praying not my will, but thy will be done. The Apostle Paul died, said, I died daily. So he repented daily. And he allowed God to, to work on him and change him. And the Apostle Paul was a changed man. He was a changed man. If you were to look back and to who he was, he was Saul. Saul. He persecuted the church. One commentator uh, said that when Paul, when Saul was holding the coats, he was giving them permission to stone Stephen. So that's the thing. He was a changed man. God changed him. And it was when he said, it's not about me. Well, he had an experience with God that he couldn't get away from. He had to reconcile that experience with God with what he knew. So when he said, oh, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. He's, whoa. Wow. Could you imagine? He was against everything that these Christians were against, but he became a Christian himself. First uh, Peter has a few things to say about the will of God. So First Peter two and fifteen for the for so is the will of God that the well that with well doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Well, so the will of God is to with well-doing, allow people to see the light of God through how you live your life. 1 Peter 3.17, For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing, so do the right thing. Well, yeah. Well-doing. Suffer for well-doing. In 1 Peter 4.19, 
Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator, well-doing and doing the right thing and knowing the right thing to do in certain, certain situations. It's not always easy, but it's necessary. It's not always convenient, but it's necessary. Always do the right thing. If you're living for God, stop trying to take shortcuts. Stop trying to get from point A to point B by going off on C. The, it's out, God gave us an outline. We have the Bible for a reason. We have the material that God has given us for a reason. He was revealed himself to the church through his word. And the word was revealed in the man, Christ Jesus. If you're reading about the ministry of Jesus Christ on earth and the things that he taught and the things that he said and the things that he invested in those disciples and the things that he did, they were tremendous. They were incredible. But he said that we would do more than he ever did. So to do the will of God, we've got to do the right thing, to do good, to help those in need when it is within our ability or in the times when it's not necessarily in our ability, but God says to do it, you do it. And that's where that obedience to God comes in. So if you want to know the will of God, be obedient to his word. Do the right thing. In James chapter 4, verse 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it is sin. So, not only if you're living wrong, or better yet, according to Scripture, when you're not only outside of the will of God, but also actively sinning, which reveals a lack of repentance, You've got to be willing to make it right. So that rolls back to what the Apostle Paul said when he said, I die daily. You've got to be willing to repent. None of us is exempt from daily repentance. Here's the deal, guys. There's going to be times when you do the wrong thing and you didn't realize it was the wrong thing. You could have hurt somebody and had no idea, no clue that you hurt them. And there's going to be times in your life when you do things and you know it's the wrong thing. Just because you're a Christian, just because you're apostolic, doesn't mean you are not going to mess up. And that's where that repentance and that forgiveness comes in. You've got to repent and you've got to forgive. Seven times, 70 times. Oh, well, 144 times. No. As many times as it takes till you have completely forgiven. Till you have completely forgiven. Be willing to make it right. Because you cannot be in the will of God if you're talking bad about your brother or holding grudges against your brother. And to be clear... That's not just fellow saints. That, that's anyone 
who leaves your church to go elsewhere. That's anyone who backslides or falls or fails. And I hate to break it to you, friend, but for someone to make it to heaven, they do not need to attend your church. And if someone leaves your church, it does not automatically mean that they are going to hell. Let me say that again. For someone to make it to heaven, they do not need to attend your home church. And if someone leaves your church, it does not automatically mean that they are going to hell. If they are sitting under a pastor now that is preaching truth and they are living right, you've got no business making judgment calls on their salvation. So the moral of the story is to treat people right. You want to be in the will of God? Treat people right. And here's a thought. You're not always right. Your way is not always the best way. Remember that we are all human. And when looking at the human factor, you've got to realize mistakes are made. And sometimes you're just going to have to be willing to humble yourself and make things right. And then... 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, well, what did that just say? In everything. Only when things are going good? No, in everything. It doesn't say give thanks for everything. It says give thanks in everything. Oh, when my truck breaks down? No. Give thanks. You know, and God works in very mysterious ways. But here's the deal. There are times when my vehicle broke down and I was unable to get to where I was going. I had to pull over, let's say, a tire. A tire. And... I had to replace the tire. And by the time I got to where I needed to be, there was an accident on that same road approximately around the same time that you might have been traveling that road. Listen, do not fret about the things that happen in life. Yeah, they're frustrating in the moment, but when if you could see things from God's perspective, it would be way different. It would be different for you. So in everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. What's the will of God? Be thankful. So to close out this session, the will of God is to do the following. Follow the basic plan of salvation. Maintain your spiritual standing with God through prayer, fasting, and do the right thing. Treat people right, live right, and treat people right always, not just when you agree with them. Next Wednesday at 8 a.m., I'll be releasing the next episode in this series.
And I'll be continuing on this subject of God's will. And you're going to want to hear it. It's going to be great material. And we're going to be talking about the will of God for our relationships. It's going to be practical and biblical. And so you're going to want to tune in next week on Wednesday at 8 a.m. If you have not already, you're going to want to hit that subscribe button. You're going to want to follow us on the podcast uh, avenue that you listen to on. You're also going to want to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Very soon, we're going to be revealing our website. And we're going to have some incredible things on that website. We're going to have a a blog. We're going to have a, a merchandise store where you can buy some Apostolic Theory merchandise. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And uh, you're going to want to you're going to want to be a part of that. I just want to thank you all again for listening. It means a lot to me. I love where this. Uh, podcast is going, and I appreciate you all. God bless. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.